When it comes to prospecting and hunting for new business, there are three questions that I pretty much get each and every day as a sales trainer. Question number one, how do we get more of these decision makers to pick up the phone? Question number two, how do we warm up those cold calls in a way that they don't seem as cold or salesy and do it in a way that we're not using a lot of cutesy, gimmicky type of approaches? And last but not least, how do we increase the amount of callbacks that we're getting after we leave a voicemail? In this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, I'm going to share with you an email slash calling tactic that will check all of those boxes. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 60,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our brand spanking new webinar. It's going to be coming up on December 22nd, so it's just around the corner, a few days out as of the recording of this webinar. And uh, it's a little something-something I like to call how to write irresistible cold emails. If you happen to be listening to this now and you say to yourself, yeah, I, I just can't do December 22nd, or you might be listening to this after the fact, some point in the future, you can still visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash rock your emails, and you can not only download the webinar replay, you can get all the cool templates and, and chat GPT prompts that I'm going to be throwing in. But we're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast. I want to get down to business. So we said that there are three big questions that everybody has when it comes to prospecting. Number one, how do we get these people to pick up the damn phone? Number two, how do we warm up the cold call without getting into any of that cutesy shit? And last but not least, how do we increase the amount of callbacks that we have? I promised you, and notice how I use the word promised, because that is going to play into a little bit of a psychological tactic we're going to use as part of this whole thing today. But uh, I have a uh, cold, I'm going to call it a cold email slash calling sequence, and it's just two, two hits that you're going to do or two attempts, two touches, whatever you want to call it. And it's it's simple as hell to do. So I want to uh, get right down to business with this. Step number one. This is critical. So I really want you to pay attention to this one. I feel like your teacher. You got to pay attention now. You, you have to make the email not only relevant to the recipient, right? Now, forgive me for a minute. You might be giving me an eye roll. Hey, yeah, like fucking duh. Like, of course, I'm supposed to do that. But see, not everybody does that. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because of this little test that the email has to pass. And I talked about it 
in the last episode of the Sales Playbook podcast. And uh, if you're interested in learning about actually three tests that your cold email has to pass, just go back into whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And uh, if you look up December 2023 and just look for, I believe the title of it was three tests that your cold email has to pass. But one of the things we talked about is that the email not only has to be relevant, but it has to pass the SWFL test. Let me say it again. And then I'll do some splaining, as my friend Ricky Ricardo used to say. The SWFL test, what that means is it's got to pass that whole so what thing, right? Pass the so what test, but the FL is in the first line. So it has to like pass that so what, like big fucking deal. Why would I open this email in the first line? And the reason why, and the why, and the reason why I said, Why would I open this email? You see, because the first line is what shows up in the preview text. I don't care if the rest of your email says, I am giving you $50 million. If that first line doesn't pass the so what test, it will never get opened and they will never get that $50 million. They will have no idea that you're giving away $50 million just in case you happen to have $50 million too much right now and you need to give it away. You're welcome. But now the way that we pass that first line. Now, just I want to stop real quick. Some of you right now might be saying, oh man, I've heard all this shit before. There's nothing new in this webinar. No, 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 no. Easy going, man. You're sounding like an impatient New Yorker, like yours truly. And I can't have that shit on my watch. So you got to stay with me on this. There's some new material coming at you, but it's meaningless if they don't open the fucking email. So we want to be able to uh, get past that whole thing. So the way that it passes the so what, the SWFL test, right, during that first line is during your research, again, look for trigger events. Remember, trigger events are things going on in your prospect's world that would lead to a higher probability of them needing your product or service. A completely crazy example that I'll give you, and then I'm going to give you upwards of about 30 different examples of trigger events in a minute. But I want you to think about something. Who would have a a higher probability of needing your services if, you know, you had um, a highway road service company, right? Just some random person or the person with their hood up on the on the freeway with that pissed off, my car just, you know, took a shit on the, on the highway look, right? It's going to be that person with the hood up, right? That is a trigger event. But trigger events that you should be looking for are things like changes in management, a new contact with one of the target companies you're going after, Um, somebody getting a promotion, companies that are hiring, any kind of online reviews, Google reviews, Yelp reviews, Glassdoor reviews, bitter, bitter, (laughs) better business bureau reviews, 
any kind of a major industry development, a PR news release, things that are going on with the competitive landscape, expanding into different markets, relocation, leasing additional space, product launches, changes in legislation. I feel like I just said that already, but who gives a shit if I did, right? I'm, I, this is who I am. But uh, <laughs> changes in technology, things going on in the local home front, the company earnings, whether they're good or they're bad, mergers and acquisitions. This one is huge, this next one, because a lot of people just miss it. How about companies that have received venture capital funding? Companies that are going through an IPO or that have legal challenges, new organizational direction, right? Or changes, you know, in their strategic initiatives, changes in pricing and availability of essential raw materials, companies that announce events that they might be happening, and you know maybe even changes in their branding. These are all things that we can consider trigger events. So ideally, you want in your research to find a trigger event. And of course, there are ones specific to your industry that I would invite you to look for. So you complete that step what you kind of want to do in that first line, and I always talk about this, is use the following phrase, and it, it will help you pass that SWFL test, is use the phrase, I noticed that. So you're going to do your greeting if you were sending it to me, hey, Paul, or if you want, you could say, yo, Paul, because we're on that fucking level. I don't care. You could just, you know, hey, Paul, I noticed that. And then you fill in the blank with the trigger event that you notice. See, that'll show up in the first line. And I promise you, companies that are going through trigger events, this is something on their mind. This is something they're talking about. And especially if you're targeting C-level types of contacts, this is something they're talking about in their executive team meetings on the regular. So this is something immediately like, holy shit, of, of like, and they're not even thinking it this way. It's, it's subconscious, but it's kind of like that holy shit moment. You know, this is exactly what we've been talking about. Let me open this email and see what this is all about. I promise you, it's going to stand out a lot more than the typical email that usually starts off with nonsense. Like, hi, I'm Paul Casting. Yeah, you don't need to fucking do that. You got a from line that says who it's from. Or I hope this email finds you. Well, yeah, fuck all that too. Get right to it. And that ain't just the New York thing, just so you know. It's, you know, the people I talk to all over the world, by the way, they don't have the time for the foreplay. So let's skip the, the foreplay here and let's get right to it. So that's the very first step. You have to pass that test. Now let's get into the new shit, right? Now that I've set you up properly. So step number one, we said it's got to be able to pass that SWFL test. So what? In the first line, that line that shows up in the preview text. Step number two. You're going to use the following line because now you've referenced a trigger event. Step number two, you're going to use the following line. I have a few ideas 
that can help you with fill in the trigger event. So in my case, remember, I do sales training. I'm probably targeting chief revenue officer, a sales manager, VP of sales or whatever. And one of the trigger events that I look for are companies that are hiring sales reps. Why? Because, well, new sales reps could show you some sales training. And even the companies that think that they can't use sales training, one argument that would appeal to them that I've used is that I can certainly help them, and I have the track record that proves it, to get those new sales reps ramped up quicker. So again, the line that you're going to use, I have, or, or that I would use in this case, so that you have a specific example, I have a few ideas that could actually help you onboard your reps a lot quicker and more effectively now, this next part is critical. I'm not done with the sentence, by the way. Don't, don't you dare think there's a period after what I said. There's more. And promise to call you on such and such a date at, and then you fill in the blank on the time. So in my case, I might say, and I promise to call you on December 20th at 10.15 a.m. EST. Now, I don't know if you noticed, remember in the beginning of the podcast, I said that word promise was intentional. So, and by the way, I call this the use of intentional language. And that's something you might want to write down in a little note to self. Using intentional language, so much of the language we use is really habit. If you think about it, it's language we've always used. But when you step back sometimes and use language that is intentional, in some cases you can you, you get the added benefit of having emotional, psychological triggers and things that help you build rapport and credibility with your potential clients. So in this case, there's no accident involved here. I am intentionally using the phrase I promise to call you. So very quickly on the concept of promises, I feel they are a very powerful thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you really think about it, do all people in business keep their promises? Do all sales reps keep their promises? No. And even I've always taught in a lot of my programs Promises really go back to they're deep, deeply anchored uh, in our emotions, right? In our in our subconscious to back when we were little. I mean, just think about it. Remember how terrible it was if somebody broke a promise? You promised or whatever, right? It was powerful shit, right? Almost as powerful as the pinky promise, but not quite on that level. But uh, the use of this phrase. I promise to, and you're telling them when you're going to be calling, what time or whatever, it sets us up beautifully for step number three. Step number three is that you're going to call them on the day and time with this phrase. Let's just say I'm calling Laura. What I might say in that is I might say, hey, Laura, it's Paul Castain calling like I promised I would. That, this is a non-negotiable phrase, by the way, for this tactic. 
to get the full for you to get the full host of benefits here again you're going to say and make sure you don't say it's paul castain unless you happen to be my clone but use your own fucking name here seriously and uh unless you want to give me the commission check that's all good too not so young but i still need the money baby but uh you're gonna call them on the day and time and you're gonna say the person's name Hey, Laura, it's Paul Castain. I don't get, and by the way, I'm not saying Paul Castain from Acme Industries or ABC Industries or Castain Training Systems. Too many fucking words. I'm not doing it, right? Plus, if you have a name like I do, I mean business name, that clearly telegraphs your punches and tells them what you're trying to sell them, do not do that. Do not say the name of the company because all you need now is for them to hear training. Yeah, I don't need any fucking training, right? And then that whole thing just got wasted. All the promises in the world can't get you past an ignorant person, right? So we want to avoid that. Again, intentional language. I ain't, I'm not going there. So you're going to use that phrase, calling like I promised I would. Now, with that phrase, I want to tell you something. Because before, we talked about kind of the whole psychology behind the phrase. But there's another benefit here. With that phrase, you've now completely changed the vibe and, you ready, the trajectory from a cold call to being helpful as promised. See, that makes a big difference. In fact, what really happens is it lowers their guard the person on the other end of that phone lowers their guard now i want to be clear about something and i really almost overdo it on the explaining of this next point because i i have to i don't want you to misunderstand what i said just there about lowering the guard you might be thinking yeah great so that we could sucker punch him no it's not about that i want you to lower your guard so that we can actually embrace each other in a real dialogue. That's all, that, that is all I could possibly ask for in that call because really it would be, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be a smart, realistic intention for me to think that I'm so good I'm going to call you and you're going to slap down your credit card right on the phone, right? It's, that, that, that's not realistic. But what is realistic and really the best outcome I could possibly have is that we actually have a dialogue. And yes, if that results in an appointment, great. But if I can move this from the point of you thinking I'm a typical sales rep, you have to have your guard up. This is a typical conversation. And you know, then I get your standard blow-offs like, yeah, I'm all set. And you know, send me your information and all that nonsense. That's not effective. So that phrase now, changes the whole trajectory of that interaction it's no longer cold if you think about it it's no longer typical you are fulfilling a promise now you got to make sure you fulfill the promise this isn't like i fooled you now i'm gonna hit you with my my pitch right now what we're gonna do now is you actually as part of your pre-call planning prep have one or two 
little potato chips that you can give them to help them with that trigger event. Maybe you share something with them that you've seen in the industry as far as how people handle that or whatever. That's always a good thing. Or perhaps, you know, and even as a follow-up to that conversation, if you find something, um, you know, maybe a study or, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Maybe there was a podcast that was done on the subject or whatever, but you really want to follow through with some substance because again now what you're doing in that step and this is more psychology for you is when you give them some vital information you are no longer a salesperson by the way and and you know i'm not i'm not ashamed to say i'm a salesperson or that i'm trying to sell you something so don't take it that way but i think that it packs a lot more punch and especially in establishing authority and you're demonstrating your know-how to somebody or someone when you just you know take on the role of teacher and that's what you're going to do on this call so you've changed the trajectory in that it's not cold it's helpful and you've changed your image from you know, somebody trying to sell them something to teacher. So that's really the tactic. In fact, you know, the biggest thing that I hear from sales reps all the time, and I remember saying it numerous times earlier in my career, and heck, you probably catch me on a bad day saying it now, that there's times I wish people would simply hear me out and you feel that way too could you know hear me out because I actually have something that could help them but they're so conditioned by cold calls and cold emails and just the fact that they're so damn busy but I know that if they heard me out and they understood what I was offering it would help them and and help me too so you know that's the thing so I'm hoping this was helpful. Was this helpful? Don't answer because you're going to look kind of fucked up if you're sitting there talking to your computer or whatever or talking in your car. Unless you're from New York, we all talk in our car. But uh, if this was helpful, what I would invite you to do is to join us for our upcoming webinar or again, if you happen to listen to this after December 22nd, 2023, join us for our how to write irresistible cold emails. And uh, you know, not only am I gonna send the replay out to anyone who can't make it, but I have some cool templates and there are some chat GPT prompts that I'm throwing in. For those of you who use chat gpt for those of you who don't this isn't a chat gpt uh webinar this is just one of the things i'm offering but let's talk about what we're going to be talking about in this upcoming webinar we're going to talk about and this is all new by the way if you've been through other programs of mine and you're like yeah but i've already been there and done that paul um you're still going to want to sign up for this this is I'm going to say pretty much 99% new. There might be a 1% overlap, but no, this is all new shit. We're going to be talking about a tactic called the internal 
subject line tactic, and it's quite effective. We're going to talk about how emails are read. Specifically, I'm going to be sharing uh, the latest iScan research that talks about how an email is read. But And it's bad news, by the way. I'm not kidding you. Like it, It's bad fucking news how emails are read. But there are two countermeasures that can help you kind of flip that around. Flip the script, baby. But uh, there's also going to be four cold email frameworks that I'm going to teach you that work for anything. And once you know the frameworks, you could just you know plug and play. Almost like what I did before when I was kind of walking you through the email, that promise sequence that I do. You can just kind of plug in your language and, and your style to it. We're going to talk about... I've never been a fan of what's called bump emails, and I'm not going to get into the whole definition right now. I've never been a fan of them. And then I realized that, well, holy shit, the tactic itself is good, but the way that people execute the tactic, it's horrendous. So I have, and I field tested it for the last, uh, actually two years now, a new and improved bump email. And all of these things that I'm talking to you about, you're going to get a template with it so that you can get out there and try it on your own. We're going to talk about how to use peer pressure and mystery in the PS at the end of your email. And uh, that's like a really, really good tactic. We're going to uh, also include 10 cold email templates and eight chat GPT prompts that the purpose of those two things, by the way, the cold email templates and the eight chat GPT prompts, they're designed to give you, you ready for this, an endless cold email supply, an endless cold email options. If you'd like to learn more, I certainly hope that you do. And I hope that if you've been enjoying these podcasts that you know we can work together, please join me for this webinar and certainly uh, you know at least give it a quick look-see. Visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash rock your emails all one word all lowercase and happens to be plural at the end by the way i didn't say email i said emails yoursalesplaybook.com slash rock your emails with that i'm paul castain from yoursalesplaybook.com i am wishing you an incredible week ahead go get them the Sales Playbook Podcast is a Castane Training Systems production. Sign up for my free sales tips by visiting yoursalesplaybook.com slash subscribe.